Reading our Bibles regularly can be a challenge, but we're all on this journey together. We're praying that this podcast inspires you, helps you better understand God's Word, and builds your faith. This is Join the Journey with your host, Emma Dodder. Hi, everyone. I'm Emma Dodder. And I'm Haley Crane. Uh, I am not Emma Dodder. I'm actually Casey Crane. (laughs) And we are here to host Join the Journey for the day. We are taking over for Emma. Casey thought that was a funny little joke, acting like he was Emma. Obviously not. Yeah, totally fooled some people out there. Absolutely. I I was in community group with Emma, though, so I might spill some tea on her throughout today. Oh, wow. Wow. You better be listening good for that. Yeah, that's uh, (laughs) a little community group uh, uncovered. Yes, yes, absolutely. I'm I'm kidding. Emma's amazing, and I love her so much. Yeah, so Haley and I met in college. Uh, We both gave our lives to Christ in college, and then kind of walked uh, in the same friend group for a couple years. And then right before we graduated, like a month before, I asked her on a date. And she said, maybe. <laughs> I did say maybe. But then I came to my senses and I said yes to a date with Casey. And by God's grace, we dated. And now we've been married for two years. Crazy. So crazy how that one maybe turned into a marriage with the best man ever. Yeah, so glad you came to your senses on that one. Yeah, me too. So you might be wondering why we're here today. Yes, so we have been attending Watermark for about three years now. Both of us are members here. And on a Tuesday, you might find us serving at The Porch, which is the young adults ministry here at Watermark. We've been serving there for about two years. Absolutely love it. But today, you're going to find us talking about John 13, which we are so excited to get into. Yeah, absolutely. So going off of that, Casey, I would just love to hear what uh, your thoughts were as you read John 13. Yeah. Some takeaways. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a this is a really cool turning point in the story in Jesus's ministry and walk on earth. And the John 13, 1, first word just says now. And you know that right there he's talking about this is a this is a new this is a new chapter in uh, in this story. Mm-hmm. And It says, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God, was going back to God, rose from supper. And so I think that's a that's a good place for us to start in the conversation because mm-hmm. he's saying that there are some things that Jesus knew that led to his action in getting up from the table mm-hmm. and they're having their Passover meal. And what are those things that he knew? He knew, one, that his hour had come and the climax of the story is about to arrive, that he is about to go to the cross, uh, be crucified for the sins of the world, take it upon himself. And then he was about to rise from the grave three days later. Um, He was about to do that. He also knew that the father had given all things in his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God. Basically what he's saying is he knew that he was God. And so knowing those things, he rose up from the table to go do something. And so what is he doing? So he's going to get up and he's going to wash the disciples' feet. 
So why would God himself get up and wash his disciples' feet? Why would he humble himself in that way? Like that is a really humble action to take. I don't know, what do you think, Haley? Yeah, I mean, I think Jesus is obviously the picture of humility, and we see that throughout Scripture. And in a time that they were living in, their feet were dirty and gross. And why is the God of the universe going to get down and wash them? I think it, I mean, it only shows like his servant leadership, like how he's a servant and he's going to do what no one else wants to do as he leads. But I think at the same time, it's signifying something far greater than just, hey, I'm just going to wash your feet because I love you and I'm serving you. I think he is doing that because he's showing that he's about to cleanse them from something far greater than just their dirty feet. He's about to cleanse them from their sins once and for all. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're totally right. He's doing two things here. He's is a double fulfillment here. He's, he's modeling for them what servant leadership is going to look like as a follower of Christ. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he's showing them what he's going to do for them on the cross. He's going to cleanse them from their sin. And they are not going to have to be re-cleaned over and over and over again. They're going to be clean once and for all. And that's what he's going to display here. He says to the disciples that he's going to wash their feet. And um, Simon, Peter, says to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what am I, uh, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. And she loved Peter. Peter just never knows Peter, what's going on. Peter, of course, on. just being absurd. Yeah, yeah. Peter's about, Peter about, <laughs> Jesus is about to put Peter in a pretzel. He's about to cross him up right here. Watch this. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Interesting. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. So he's just gone the other direction. Yeah. As always, Peter is so zealous. Yeah. He just has no idea what he's talking about. (laughs) And Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. So just completely puts Peter in a pretzel. But what is he saying there? He's saying, hey, I need to wash you mm-hmm. because you need to be clean. But the one who has been made clean does not need, need to be made clean again. You do not need over and over and over again to be justified. You've been justified once and for all mm-hmm. in Christ with his blood on the cross. And that's what he's, he's saying to them. They don't really have a concept for what he's about to do, but he's about to go to the cross and cleanse them from their sin forever, uh, once and for all. And that, for us, I think that's, that's important for us to remember just in the day-to-day is that, hey, we're going to continue to have sin in our life because we live in a broken world and we have sin in our hearts. But God has cleansed us once and for all on the cross. Mm-hmm. And we get to live out of that eternal position before God. Yeah, that's so good. And yeah, I mean, at that time, they they had no idea what that meant. And once Jesus dies and rises from the grave, they're going to know exactly what he was talking about here. Um, But it's so interesting seeing like their confusion as they're talking through this chapter of what's to come. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to leave and they don't know where he's going to go. And so I think that kind of perfectly goes into the end of this chapter where he ends with a command. He's not only giving them that eternal position that they're going to have, but he gives them a command to live out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, he gives them an, an earthly purpose. Mm-hmm. He gives them an earthly purpose for God. 
If you look at John 13, uh, 34 and 35, I think that's a key verse to, to, to uh, remember here in this chapter. It says, I new commandment I give you that you love one another. Just as, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And that command is important because it says that all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus is concerned that people know him and they know who he is. And there's a reason why we just don't go to heaven immediately when we trust in God. Like God has left us here for a purpose. Mm-hmm. Like there is work to do. And that work is for people to come to know Jesus. And one of the main ways we display to the world who Jesus is, is in the way that we love one another and model what Christ has done for us. That he denied himself and went on the cross and, and died. Like that is what he has called us to do. He's, he's called us to deny ourselves and follow him. He uses that word disciple. In Luke 9, 23, he uses the same word. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. And Peter, once again, <laughs> back at it again, he says, he says I am, uh, I'm going to lay down my life for you. Like, why can't I follow you now? And Jesus says, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you've denied me three times. So here I think is the takeaway for us is that we think about what does this look, look like practically. The choice that we have to make is are we going to deny ourselves or are we going to deny God? Hmm. That's the earthly choice we have to make on a day-to-day. It's because there are, two, there are two opposing forces. There is the devil who is present in this chapter. We haven't really talked about it, but he's present in this chapter. He's leading one of the disciples astray into, into doing what that disciple wanted to do. He chose himself. Mm-hmm. Peter is going to choose himself as well, but Peter has been made clean. That other disciple hadn't. And so as we go into this life, there are just, the, there's every single day, every single hour, there's the choice that we have to make. Are we going to choose God or are we going to choose ourselves? And if we're going to choose God, that means denying ourselves and f- taking up our cross and following him. Yeah. And a lot of times it's hard for us to do that um, when, it, <laughs> when it comes at a cost to our own comfort uh, and what we want to do. Part of choosing God is to love others. And that's how we display to the world who, who God is, is by the way that we love one another. Um, and I think Philippians 2 uh, is a really good place for us to just see what that looks like is Man, are we going to take on the attitude of Christ who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used to his own advantage, but he humbled himself by, by um, taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So even despite our eternal position that we have, being cleansed forever, not constantly having to be justified, we still need to have that same posture as Christ of humility as we love others. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if we just think about our eternal position before God, like we are loved and chosen and we've been made clean and we're going to get to be with God forever. And out of that just abundance of life that we've been given, I, I, I think it's just natural that we would serve God in the earthly purpose that he's given us, not to choose ourselves, but to choose him, to love and serve one another, to deny ourselves, 
to be um, to be modeling our lives after Christ, all for the glory of God. So on Monday, we're going to talk about John 14 and the eternal hope that we have in God and the earthly helper that we have from God to help us in this life uh, live for God. So we'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend of worship. The Join the Journey podcast is produced by Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. You can learn more about Watermark by connecting with us on social media. Just search Watermark Church, all one word. And to read along with us, visit jointhejourney.com. And thank you guys for listening.